What is up, everybody? Welcome back to First Down Rundown. We are your two hosts. I'm Hayden Vozar. He's Matt Vozar. Today is February 22nd. It is a Tuesday, the Tuesday after the first weekend without football at all, really, since August, which has been pretty tough. But um, but we're, we're getting some college basketball events here. We're getting some uh, some some NBA stuff. And, and then obviously the Olympics just ended, too. So we'll have some some topics to talk about there as well as some NFL. We actually do have some NFL, believe it or not. We actually have two NFL topics and then we've got one topic for college basketball, NBA and Olympics. So out of all of our four sports today, we've got the most topics for the NFL, which is crazy to think about. But obviously it's not about any kind of game that just transpired. It's more about things that have been happening recently in the NFL world and kind of the combine and everything like that. So excited to talk about that, but without getting into that first, I'm going to ask how Matt is doing, Matt, what are you doing? Yeah, it's true. There's no football anymore, Uh, but there's always still stuff to talk about as, as we've kind of gone over and which is not a bad thing because, you know, right. There's drama, there's contracts, there's the off season, there's trades, there's, you know, quarterbacks, there's teams, there's all this stuff going on. Uh, and, and really for kind of for every sport, but obviously as, as the NFL kind of dominates the media and everything like that, that's, that's mostly why kind of we're, we're going to still be keeping up with the major NFL storylines. But again, the point of the podcast overall really is to just be following all the sports that are happening and, and, and being able to provide you guys some sort of education on kind of what's going on so that, you know, when you, when you're talking to people or you just want to learn more about a sport or what's going on or what the big storylines are, this is the place to come. So, uh, so we're happy to bring that to you each and every week. There you go. All right. Well, without further ado, let's get into our first topic, which is college basketball. So on Sunday after the Michigan and Wisconsin game, and during their kind of like handshake line slash high five line, whatever you want to call it, there was an altercation between Jawan Howard, who is the Michigan head coach, and then one of the Wisconsin assistant coaches. And basically it transpired to the point where Howard actually punched or strike or striked or whatever you want to call it. Cause it was kind of like an open hand punch. Um, he, yeah. He, he basically hit the Wisconsin assistant coach in the face and yeah, he he's gotten suspended since then for I think five games. It's the remainder the, the remainder of the season. I'm pretty sure. So it's either four or five games. I think. So I, I guess kind of you know what what do we make of this? And and I guess before we go into kind of like what we think about it and how we how we think the NCAA handle it, whatever. There was the, the the situation behind the punch or whatever behind the altercation was basically that in the last like 15 seconds of the game, Michigan was already losing, I think by nine or something like that. Hold on. I have the, they, they were losing. No, they were losing by 15 actually. Sorry. So Wisconsin was up 76 to 61 with only 15 seconds left. And so Michigan decided to full court press for who knows why, because there's only 15 seconds left. You're not going to score 15 points in 15 seconds, but they were full court pressing. So that, was a little bit weird to kind of start out, but it's, you know, it's, they're, they're trying, it's kind of like losing in a prideful way, whatever, that's fine. But then the, I think it was the, the Wisconsin assistant coach or or, some, or maybe the head coach or somebody called a timeout because they were, they were getting pressed full court and they didn't want to get an eight second fi- violation before they 
across the half court line, whatever. So that, yeah. So that, I mean, they were in trouble. And so we took a timeout in order to avoid that, that foul or that penalty of, of the eight second foul. So basically Jawan Howard didn't like that because he's like, you guys are up 15 points. Why are you taking this timeout when you, I mean, we're trapping your guys and you're taking a timeout as if you you're only up by like one or two or as if you actually need the timeout, right? Like just let us get the turnover. Let us get some kind of momentum towards the end of the game here and, and finish strong, I guess. So that was the whole kind of situation. And that's, that's the argument for Jawan Howard being like, what the heck that's, you know, you're, you're just being a little scaredy cat now by calling a timeout with 15 seconds left when you're up by 15 points. So that happened. And then, yeah, the handshake line, it, I think the Wisconsin head or assistant coach, like physically touched or, or, or held back Jawan Howard in some way. And like, and obviously Jawan Howard didn't like that. Nobody would. And so Jawan Howard, yeah, they got into a little, little scuffle and then he ended up hitting him in the face, whatever. So with that being said, and now that we know that Matt, what are your thoughts on the situation? How do you think that the NCAA handled it? How do you think that, Jawan Howard should kind of be apprehended, apprehended if he should be at all after his suspension. Well, first of all, if you're going to, if you're going to end up with your hands on someone's face, you might as well start out that way. <laughs> like this, my, my view on the situation is like, obviously you don't want it to end up there, but the, the way that when you watch the video, it's like, yes, they have a, you know, a, a, a smaller physical altercation and then all the you know players and coaches get involved and they're all holding each other back. And Juwan, I mean, Juwan Howard used to be a player at Michigan. He used to be an NBA player. Like he's, you know, he's a big guy and he's going up against some, you know, small Wisconsin assistant coach. And so he, he basically like at the end of it just like reaches over like four five different players and like puts his hand like on top of the, the Wisconsin uh, assistant coach's head and I'm like dude if you're that mad over it that eventually you're going to get to the point of punching him well you might as well just start out by blowing him out as soon as he you know as soon as you guys start talking there but I don't know in terms of my assessment of the situation I can understand both points of view I think that from Hayden's perspective he kind of you know he he defended Juwan Howard I'm gonna almost kind of say that in the heat of the moment, if you're being pressed, your, your instinct is to call a timeout. That's what it is in every type of situation. And you're only really getting pressed in close game situations. This was not a close game situation. And so that's kind of where I'm like, if you're Michigan, same argument applies to you. If you're going to, if you're going to press when you're down 15, there's no point. Like, why are you pressing when you're down? 15? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. you're going to have the opportunity to get the ball back on offense and you can make a few threes, but you're going to lose the game anyway. So you don't need to be pressing. And then on the Wisconsin side, sure. If you are getting pressed and you know that you're going to win the game, you should call a timeout. So I understand both sides and kind of why each person was a little bit art, you know, a little bit upset. And I'm sure that, you know, kind of what the, what the Wisconsin coach was saying to Juwan Howard was like, dude, you, you chill. Like you don't need to be playing, pre, you know, full court press defense when, when, when the game's over that, you know, otherwise, like we're going to call a timeout because essentially, you know, like I said, if you're getting pressed, you have to call a timeout. That's what like anything, if you watched an end of a basketball game, when that's happening, the, the team with the ball always calls a timeout so they can retain possession, but also so they don't get, you know, so they don't get turned over. They don't get a foul commit, whatever. So, so I understand why each of them was upset. I just don't agree with each of their decisions. So I don't agree with Michigan, you know, full court pressing when they're down 15 and, and they don't have a chance to win. I also don't agree with Wisconsin calling the timeout. So, you know, it, it could have been, all of this could have been pretty easily avoided. Um, obviously, you know, right. Juwan Howard was the one who, 
you know, caused most of the physical activity in this altercation. Um, and, and I think that, you know, overall, it was probably the, the right decision on the part of the, M, or the NCAA to kind of suspend him, you know, for the rest of the season. Again, it was like they, they called it five games, but it's like there's only five games left in the regular season. Yeah. So he's just not going to coach for that. So but, but I mean, yeah, I think it's it's not it's not horrible. Like this stuff happens. It's sports. It's basketball. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, like it's a contact sport. And, you know, when you have coaches going after it, that means that the game was intense. Right. So it's like, that's, that's all going to happen. Like, you know, tempers are going to flare, especially when you have, and Michigan, Wisconsin is a pretty big rivalry. Right. I mean, that's, that's a classic big 10, you know, rivalry, Wisconsin doing a lot better than they were supposed to do this season. Michigan's doing a lot worse than they were supposed to do. So these teams are kind of also kind of spiraling uh, in opposite directions directions as we approach March Madness. And so that may have also had something to do with it. Um, so, so yeah, so I don't think that, you know, I, I think that there, there had to have kind of been some action taken against Jawan Howard, I, but right. People were like, Oh, he should lose his job over there. I don't, I don't agree with all that. Like, you know, he, he's a good coach. He's been doing great since he's gotten there and, you know, and he's, and he's uh, you know, he's taken over for a legendary coach. Um, what the heck is the guy's name? Beeline, John Beeline. I think his last name is Beeline, but anyway, he had Michigan going to like two, two top two final fours in like four or five years or something. Um, Juwan Howard took over and they've been like a two or three seed. They got into elite to the elite eight. I think, you know, two of the three years that he's been there. So, so he's a good coach and he's doing well for them. Um, But I think that at the end of the day too, you know, it's going to be funny because technically he's suspended for the end of the regular season. And then essentially like the next game after the regular season will be the conference tournament. And I mean, depending on how the seeding goes and the matchups and whatever, Michigan may win their first game. They may, you know, get matched up against a Minnesota or somewhere, you know, or Rutgers or someone who's kind of been, you know, lower of the, you know, lower, lower, uh, lower in the big, in the big 10 this year. But at the end of the day, like Michigan's not making it past the second round of the big 10 tournament. I can guarantee you that. So like he got suspended, but it doesn't really matter. Like, this is not going to become a story because Michigan's not going to make it to March Madness. They're not going to make it far in the Big Ten tournament. So it's kind of a ends up being a wash, I think, at the end of the day, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and agree with you here on like on why everybody's kind of like accusing the the Wisconsin head. Or I, I guess when it first happened, I think the narrative went from let's accuse Jawan Howard of being aggressive and punching somebody to, okay, we kind of understand why, because the Wisconsin head coach had no reason to call a timeout. But then I think it's kind of, kind of coming back to, yeah. Like why did Michigan even press in the first place? Because they had no reason to, it's like Matt said, it's, it's kind of, you can make the same argument for both coaches, you know, like Jawan Harden. I mean, Jawan Howard technically started it. I mean, like he, he would have had the same reaction if, if Wisconsin was, um, was, was pressing him and, you know, he probably would have called a timeout or he probably would have been confused as to why they're pressing him with 15 seconds left. So I, again, that's, that's just kind of like both sides are wrong there. I also do think that, and again, I, I guess it sounded kind of like I was on the, the side of Dewan Howard, but I'm, I'm not really honestly. And here's why it's because Yes, there was some physical activity, you know, the the Wisconsin coach kind of like physically held him back, but that's that's not really egregious. But when it gets to the point where you are physically hitting a guy in the face and like really showing, okay, you know, I want to get this, I want to get aggressive with this as a coach, that's not a good thing to show your players. You're not you're there as, as as a role model. You're there as a teacher. You're not there to 
be a player who makes mistake who, who who makes like emotional mistakes and and who makes you know impulsive decisions and and doesn't you know doesn't really face the consequences for them obviously everybody's human and he you know everybody makes impulsive decisions whatever that was one that he made and he came out with an apology and he apologized about it he he apologized to the Wisconsin coach that's all good but i think he he should still be reprimanded for it and i'm i'm glad that he got suspended for the rest of the five games but again like matt said it doesn't really mean anything at this point because probably no tournament for them and then no you know conference tournament they're probably not going to do anything in that so at the end of the day it doesn't really matter much and i guess that's kind of good for michigan because if they were going to be a strong tournament team or if they did have at least some chance of going far in the conference tournament then that would be kind of a problem because then he you know maybe he would not be coaching for that or he maybe like an extended suspension whatever but uh, but yeah, like the people calling for him to be fired, I don't I don't really know. I think that like college basketball coaches, it's it's a little bit different. I think um, I don't know. It's it's college basketball coaches are more like legacy type guys, in my opinion. And to, to fire a guy, I mean, Jawan Howard, like Matt said, Jawan Howard's been he's kind of kept that that Michigan legacy after John Beeline left, and he's kind of you know he's he's kind of continued that legacy of, of good Michigan teams, which is great, but uh, something like this, again, it's, it, it, it didn't really result in anything like too bad. Uh, if, if he would have knocked out the Wisconsin coach and that would have been a different story, I think, but it's just like, it was, it was a little tap to the face, whatever, you know, they're, they're grown men. And um, it just really, really the only thing that I have to say. And the only thing that I'm kind of mad about in this situation is the fact that he is a role model to those guys, to those those Michigan players. And if they're seeing him do that, then that's going to provoke them to do that. You know, these guys are still kids. And when they see their coach do something like that, then they think it's okay. And maybe not literally, but that'll be kind of in their subconscious mind, I guess. And so that's, that's kind of where I'm at is like, he definitely deserved the the suspension, but I don't know if he technically or necessarily deserves to be fired because that's, that's a little bit extreme. Suspension was good, and the fact that it's like towards the end of the season, I guess it's good for both sides because, like we said, Michigan doesn't really have a chance. And also, you know, Jawan Howard, like I think people will probably forget about this when it comes time for next season because who who really cares at that point? So, you know, they'll have new recruits and everything, new guys. So, so it'll be it'll be kind of fine and dandy there. Um, but if we're all done, Matt, are you are you done talking about this topic? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And I think that kind of to to just, I mean, just a little bit to add on um, to what you were saying, I I like kind of what you said about you're kind of, you know, as the coach, you're setting the, the, you're setting the expectation and you're being a role model for the kids that you're coaching. And and again, like Hayden said too, like, you know, a lot of these kids are, you know, they're 18, 20 years old. So um, kind of still in the maturity time period to to a certain extent. And and so when I was thinking about it, kind of, I, I was thinking more along the lines of like, you know, if I'm a player on that team, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm kind of juiced up by this, right? I, I want to see my coach get in there and fight for me. But but I think the difference is here is like, Juwan Hire wasn't really fighting for his players. You know, if something had happened yeah. or a hard foul had been called or something, he stands up for his players. That, I think that's even more explainable than this, which is essentially just, you know, a petty game situation and, and, and kind of bad, bad basketball decisions on both sides, both coaching sides. And, and that's kind of what you decide to, to throw hands for. Like, that's a little bit, I'm not sure if, you know, I think that that probably doesn't, you know, motivate and invigorate the locker room as much as maybe, you know, defending your players directly 
mean, which I'm sure he does, but just in, in terms of kind of, you know, seeing as a player, seeing your coach go out there and, and you know, and, and punch a guy in the face just because he just because he called a timeout. It's like, yeah, you know, how, how much is that? How far is that really going to go? So, um, yeah. So, again, a little bit of a crazy, crazy story. But again, the other thing, too, is like at the end of the day, this, it's sports, it's physical stuff happens. You know, it's just a bunch of guys out there getting mad at each other. Um, so like we, we can't really, we can't really make too big of a deal out of it. Uh, you know, at the end of the day either. So, um, so moving on to the NFL now, uh, story surfaced earlier this week, um, about college players who were NFL prospects. So guys that, that are intended to be drafted, uh, in April, they're threatening to boy. Well, they were threatening to boycott the NBA or the NFL combine, and, and, and mostly because of the they, they were calling it the bubble protocol, you know, kind of quote unquote bubble, you know, kind of kind of features there, which is essentially to say that for some reason, I mean, obviously, you know, the world COVID still going on and, you know, whenever some people have gotten vaccinated, whatever. But it's like, I think for the most part, this kind of bubbly type of thing and when it comes to sports leagues organizations that type of stuff is 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 kind of over at this point but essentially it sounded like what the nfl combine was going to do was basically just make it a bubble so like you know you would only be able to go in there if you were authorized and had all your papers and you probably i'm assuming take COVID tests every single day and maybe even multiple times a day and you know go undergo a bunch of other tests that maybe you know your family wouldn't be able to come see you so i think there was a lot going on here behind the scenes that wasn't really being reported in terms of you know kind of the the uh you know the negative effects that the players were facing and that's why they were threatening to boycott the the nfl combine um so it was just an interesting thing and then then basically you know i think i think yesterday or maybe maybe the day before i think it was yesterday um you know we got we got a report from from adam schefter basically saying that the nfl did away with the bubble protocol you know basically everything that any, anything that the players wanted uh you know they got granted to them and and kind of you know everything that they wanted it, it worked out to be in their favor in terms of just i guess they relaxed the protocols for for covid testing and whatever uh you know families can come now and so it was just it was just a funny like microcosm of like you know it, it, the nfl is so reliant on its on its players and its talent and its un, even incoming talent like players that aren't even in the nfl yet uh that like you know they're going to institute all this strict covid policy and then the guys are like well we're not we're not going to go then and the nfl makes so much money off the combine that they're just like okay well we'll just we'll do whatever you guys whatever you want you know whatever you guys want us to do um which i think is i think that's the way to do it and especially like right like why are we again not you know not to be all political with the COVID stuff here, but it's like, why are we, why is the NFL combine doing a bubble? Like there should have been a bubble during the NFL playoffs, but no, the, the playoffs makes the most money for the NFL. So we're not going to do a bubble for that. You know what I'm saying? So it's just kind of, kind of, you know, kind of backwards uh, assumptions and, and storylines there. But, um, but I think that, you know, kind of the, the bigger story that I wanted to tackle here is like, and, and we'll get in the NFL combine kind of once, you know, once it comes around, but I think the bigger question for here, for me at least is like, would this have even made a difference, right? Let's say the boycott goes through, the players don't show up and the NFL essentially is just kind of, you know, left there in Indianapolis. There's nothing really going on. There's no players there and they can't really host the combine. Does that matter? I think is, is kind of what this comes down to. So I'd love to hear Hayden's thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you bring this topic up because I, I think that without this kind of question, I think that a lot of people would kind of miss the point of, of talking about this whole thing that obviously, like, like you said, it got, 
you know, it, it kind of got resolved and then the NFL was kind of just like, okay, yeah, let's just give the players what they want and not do the bubble anymore because they threatened the boycott, which I agree is, is great. But I think this larger question of like whether it even would have mattered or not, I think it's great because they, there has been this kind of question even in, in past years about how, like if the combine really helps guys or if it hinders guys, because a lot of, well, not a lot of, but some players don't even go to the combine. They just go straight to the draft and they kind of, they, they choose not to go to the combine because they think that they, that it'll either hinder them or they don't, they won't do as well as they expect or whatever. So, or, you know, maybe they won't match up against other guys in, in their position, whatever. So, you know, the combine is, is really a, a kind of a show of, of skills and, and speed and agility. It's, it's more things that it's more of like the tangibles that you can't really, that, that you can, that you can measure rather than looking at the intangibles such as like mindset and, and, you know, hard work and, and um, I guess like diligence or whatever that you can't really measure in a guy, but guys just have it. So guys that are more on that side of the the spectrum are, are more on the, are more on the side of like, I, I won't even go to the combine because it won't help me in any way. It might have, it might actually hinder me. So in that sense, I think it's like, I think, I think if, if the players just didn't show up and then, and, and you know, the, the boycott happened and the NFL just kind of sat there and didn't do anything about it. I don't think it really would have changed much, but the only thing that I can say is that like, when we do have the combine, we can see the guys that really show through. There was that one cornerback from, I think it was like UConn last year or something where he like broke every, he broke like the vertical record. He broke the, um, I think the broad jump, the broad jump record as well. Like he broke every record for every like agility category, but, and I mean, he wasn't, and he had, he had some crazy name. I forget what it was. I think it started with like a U or something, but yeah, he had all these crazy, all these crazy stats at the combine, but he, he hasn't really, I don't think he's really done much in the NFL yet. I don't, I don't think he even got drafted that high, but everybody was freaking out because they were like, Oh, you know, he did so well, the combine that's going to increase his draft stock by a lot, but it, I don't think it really did. And it's, and it kind of just all fluttered out into nothing. And so I think that's kind of, there, there is this broader story of the combine doesn't even really help that many guys. It kind of just like, it kind of just reinforces scouts, I guess, kind of like pre or uh, pre-assumptions about it uh, about a guy I don't know really how, to, how else to say that but it kind of just like says okay yeah this guy is who he is and you know he he actually does have speed and he actually does have agility and everything like that he, he can catch the ball well it kind of just like reinforces what scouts already think about a player in, in my opinion I think that's the best way to, to kind of describe the combine without touching upon the outliers like that one cornerback from UConn who had an insane combine and, and blew everybody else out of the water in every category. I think it's, I think the combine is it's, it's all right, but it, I think it's one of those things that people have started to realize is, is, isn't the most important thing because we have guys like we have a lot of quarterbacks that don't even go and, and they just turn they turn out to be just fine. So that's, that's my take on it. I don't know about you, Matt. Yeah, I tend to agree. And I, I might even take it a step further than you. I, I don't really see the benefit in it. And again, you know, maybe that's because I'm not 
I haven't really followed it, I think, kind of as closely as a lot of people do, um, because, you know, I'm, I'm a Packers fan, but I don't get like super into the like every, you know, knowing every player on the roster and, and you know, and knowing every draft pos- prospect possible, like, you know, like our friend AZ does, you know, we'll definitely have him on when, when combine uh, time comes around uh, to because to, he, he really gets into that. So I would actually love to hear, hear his thoughts on this topic. Maybe we can even, you know, kind of we, we'll do like a, uh, a combine only episode and just kind of, you know, he yeah. can kind of go through everything. But but I'd also just love to hear his thoughts on this, because I know that, you know, he definitely appreciates it more than, you know, me and Hayden do. Uh, but I think that even if, you know, if him being such a good, uh, you know, a big kind of combine fan like that, even if he may, you know, have some opinions that are just kind of like, it's almost, you know, it's almost like a dying, uh, dying kind of phenomenon here. But I definitely do like what Hayden said about giving kind of the, the guys who aren't really, uh, you know, featured as much during the college football regular season, kind of what they do on the field, give those guys a chance to prove their athleticism and prove their worth and, you know, what they can provide for an NFL team. Because as Hayden said, a lot of these guys that are going to the combine are not the star players from these organizations. You know, those guys already know they're going to be drafted. And so, you know, what's the point of showing up in Indy for, for just to, you know, run, run a 40, but the guys who were kind of fringe, you know, maybe get an NFL chance, maybe not. Like there's been, I'm sure, so many stories of guys who weren't even supposed, you know, weren't even on any, any draft boards. They go to the combine, they put up really good numbers. They end up, you know, starting on an NFL game or, or you know, or multiple getting signed to contracts, all that stuff. And it's like, it's like a completely life-changing experience. Like I'm sure that's happened for a lot of guys who like, right, you know, you have no chance of being drafted. Okay, well, you know, you show up the combine, you do well, and, you know, look where you are. So, you know, your, your, uh, your, your family for generations is, is taken care of, you know, because of, because of that decision. So I think that it, it definitely provides value for, for kind of the, the, the you know, the guys who, who aren't necessarily noticed as much, like a UConn quarterback who, who would not have much, to, you know, much, it, 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 nobody would really have thoughts on that during the regular season because, you know, because they're just never really that good, uh, you know, to kind of show their stuff. But at the same time, then too, you know, you know, Hayden mentioned breaking the records and stuff. And, and I think that we can all point to uh, John Ross. I don't remember what year it was, but he broke the 40 record, broke Chris Johnson's, uh, you know, 40 time record. I don't even remember the exact, the exact times like four, two, two, five or four, two, three, yeah. something. Four, um, two, two. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so it's like, but like, what has John Ross really done? You know, I mean, yeah. we've seen him here and there and, you know, he got drafted and he played at Washington. Like nobody even really knew that, um, you know, uh, and so, right. So he got drafted. He played for the Bengals for a while. He, I think he might be on the Cardinals now. I'm not, I'm not even sure. Right. So that's the thing is like, I'm a huge yeah. NFL fan. I don't even know where he's playing. We've seen him catch a few balls here and there too. Like I remember like he's definitely caught like some deep, deep touchdowns and stuff. So it's paid off. Right. But at the same time, it's like this guy recorded the fastest ever time in the history of football, basically. And like, he's not even really considered as like a, even a regular wide receiver in the NFL. So I think that's kind of the other side of this where it's like, yeah, it can really change a guy's career. But at the same time, even when there are insane numbers that are put up, are these guys even really cut out for the league? And, but, but back to Hayden's point, like, you know, it it does give scouts a realistic kind of view of, you know, if we're going after this guy, you know, we want to be kind of solidified in our decision, or, you know, maybe there's, there's this other guy who we need, we never, you know, nobody's really even thinking of, we can kind of, you know, give him a try. So, so I think that's kind of the balance that you get here, but I don't know. I mean, overall, like if I had to kind of be, you know, give like a yes, no um, on like, you know, having the combine or not, I, I think that personally, 
I would say no. I just, I feel like I haven't even, literally since I was like probably, you know, 10 years old during the middle of the summer when I had absolutely nothing to do was the last time that I actually like turned on NFL Network to watch the Combine. And even then, like, it's still kind of boring. So I don't know. I think that that's kind of my thoughts on it. Obviously, if you're a deeper football fan, you follow that stuff, like you wouldn't just give up the Combine. But um, but yeah, so I think there's kind of multiple sides to this. But I think that kind of me and Hayden, it seems like we we mostly agree. So yeah, I and I, I think that like, Going back to the the whole idea of of the NFL trying to make a bubble for the combine, it, it kind of makes sense, um, and and I see where the NFL is going with this. I know that we kind of wrote it off as 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 like, what are you doing, NFL? Why is there a bubble for the combine and not even the playoffs? Whatever. I think that like what they were going for is the fact that for the guys that do show up at the combine and then that, that really do need that exposure to NFL scouts. I think what they were going for is like, if COVID somehow messes up this, these guys chances, like that might blow their whole entire NFL career. If, if, you know, for, for the guys that do make an NFL career out of their performance at the combine, which like Matt said, has definitely happened in the past. I can't name any specific time that it's happened, but it definitely has. Like for those types of guys, COVID, you know, if they didn't if they didn't do a bubble, there would be kind of this like this risk of guys getting COVID and then it ruining ruining their combine chances. And then everybody would be like, OK, well, he's a what if now, you know, like what if he did compete in the combine and, and blow everybody out of the water? So I think that's what the NFL was trying to go for. Again, we don't really know if that was the best choice because of the backlash that it got, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad that the NFL kind of stepped away from that idea and listened to the players, because like we've always said on this podcast, the players are always right. And if they want something, then you as an organization have to give it to them because they are the entertainers and they're the ones that like, they're the ones that are competing in the combine. So why would, you know, why would you make something, mandatory for them if it's not already like a law you know that's that that's just my that's my stance on it and um and i'm I'm glad that the nfl did that and now it's all fine and dandy and we'll we'll get a combine and that's great you know no bubble no boycott it's it's it's, it's gonna be all fine but like matt said I'm, I'm probably not even really gonna watch it that much i actually do turn it on like at least somewhat for every year, either that or I'll watch a bunch of highlights and stuff like that. But I, I think it is, I think it is pretty cool. Like it's, it's a cool concept. And I think for, for me, I think it's, it's like, we should still keep having, having it. So maybe I disagree with Matt a little bit there because he, he kind of said like, you know, what's the point of having it, having it. I do think that, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't hurt anybody. And like I said, it, it really only, you can opt out of the combine if you want. So it's just like, you're not forced to compete in it. You can just compete in it if you want, and it may boost your draft stock in some way or whatever. So that's, that's my stance on it. I do think that it, you know, we should continue it and it's a good thing for the league, but um, moving into the next topic for NFL. So this is our second NFL topic. We've got of course, Aaron Rodgers. Now, this guy, he is one of the most mysterious dudes in the league. He he like he you never know what his next move is. That's his that's his motto. Somebody probably told him that when he was little, like never, you know, that saying never let anybody know what your next move is. He's like the epitome of that saying, basically. So last night, or I think it was last night, it was either yesterday or last night, whatever. Yesterday in general. Aaron Rodgers posted a lengthy and emotional post to Instagram where he basically 
thanked everyone close. It was kind of like it, it was vague. It was specific to people that he was thanking, but it was kind of vague what his intentions were. And that's obviously what we're going to be talking about. So he posted this like really emotional and lengthy thing, which I don't really see Aaron Rodgers doing. He's kind of just like a, a laid back, chill guy in interviews. He doesn't really show much emotion. Obviously, on the field, he does. You know, he's he's, he's celebrating with his guys when he you know when he throws a touchdown and when he breaks records and stuff like that. But you know, you don't really, he doesn't really come off as the as the emotional type and kind of like the the happy emotional type. So he posted this like really long. I mean, he posted a bunch of pictures and somewhere of him and somewhere of him with the people that he was thanking. And then his caption was just like a you know five or six paragraphs of him just thanking different people teammates and family members i think and then like some close friends and stuff like that but he, he literally just thanked them and then like the at the end of his post i can't remember exactly what it said but it said something along the lines of like make sure to thank those that you love or make sure to communicate with those that you love it, it was something weird because it was like is this a retirement post or is this you know a, a goodbye to green bay because obviously again like he he thanks some of the guys that he played with at green bay but he also thanked some family members who obviously didn't play at Green Bay. It was just weird. So with that being said, he I think he was on the Pat McAfee show this morning and everybody listened to that because they were like, OK, well, he's going to announce something here because he just posted this last night. Like, let's let's see what the scoop is. And then it basically turned in classic Aaron Rodgers fashion. It basically turned out into something like you know, there's no decision yet. And everybody was just let down because they were thinking that he was going to announce retirement or announce his, his departure from green Bay, whatever the case. So <laughs> I guess what the, the question I'm going to pose to Matt here is, and obviously Matt's a Packers fan. So he probably has, has more to say on this than, than I do, but what do you, you know, what do you think this was? First of all, I guess just some speculation and also kind of like, how do you feel about it? Uh, yeah, it sounded like he was dying, <laughs> which is weird. Um, but obviously also not weird as Hayden, you know, laid out so genuinely in the, fen- in, the in the sense that, you know, he, he, he kind of does this all the time. So yeah, it, like, I don't know. I, I think it makes news story headlines because he's Aaron Rodgers. He's, you know, he's, he's probably currently the best quarterback in the NFL, but it's like, he's not going anywhere. I don't, it, it's not happening. I don't care what people say. Like, if it does, again, I've been wrong about this stuff in the past, but it's like he spent his entire career there. He's won a Super Bowl there. Yes, they've had some disappointing results over the past couple of years, but this guy won back-to-back MVPs in the last two seasons. You think he's just going to ride off into the sunset and retire for like that? Like, no. Or he's going to go to Denver or Miami or the 49ers or like, no. So, like, I think that just like he understands – how solid the Packers organization is all the things that they've done for him over the years. And obviously that, you know, you don't win MVP unless the rest of your team is good as well. You can put up, you know, however many stats you want to, but it's like the MVP is, is pretty much the best player on the best team. Well, best now it's become like the best quarterback on the best team, but either way, like Packers have had, I mean, seriously, like Matt LaFleur is breaking records for, you know, basically only having, you know, his record, like his win percentage since he's taken over in the last three years as, as the, as the Packers head coach is like, is like, is like best ever basically. And like your first three seasons as a head coach, you know, they've gone, they went 13 and three, 13 and three, 14 and three. I mean, are you taught like that is consistency if I've ever, if I've ever heard of it. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm getting at here is like big picture, 
there's no reason for him to leave. I said this, you know, way back, I got even to be at the beginning of last year. Cause they were kind of still having that, having those talks is like, you know, always oh, going to go to dip. Like, no, he, like he has everything that he could ever want right in front of him. And again, I'm going to go back to it. He didn't really play that well in the game against the 49ers. Like, so at the end of the day, the Packers have been a great, one of the best teams in the NFL over the past, like I'd even say like 10 years, right? Because of Aaron, mostly because of Aaron Rodgers, right? And that's kind of what I was getting at too, is like Matt Floor has had such all these, all these records and has had such a good winning percentage, mostly because of Aaron Rodgers. And so he realizes how much he means to the team, but he also has to know how much they've done for him and how they're much they're going to continue to do. Like I am for, I am certain. So the big story kind of too, is that, you know, Devonte Adams contract is also up at the end of this year. So basically Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams are both, are both free agents this year. So it could either completely fall apart or they could just re up, try it out for the you know, another five years and just hope that eventually, you know, the Packers stop blowing these, you know, these, these, uh, these late playoff chances to go to the Super Bowl and actually, you know, kind of fall, you know, pull through on them uh, once, but it's like, yeah. So, so that's kind of my thing is like, if he, if, if he's going to be doing this whole thing and, and blaming other people for the reason why he's going to retire or go to another team, like, good luck, because it's probably not going to be as good as, as, as good as it is right now. And I, I am, he's a smart guy, all right? He went to UC Berkeley. He won the Celebrity Jeopardy contest or, you know, when, whenever that happened all the way back then. Like, he is able to read, as, as weird and mysterious as he is, he's able to read a situation and understand all of the pieces involved to then come to the conclusion that, like, you, like, it's just not a smart decision to either retire. Well, I mean, if he wants to retire because of other, again, of other reasons, like that, that's out of like, you know, that that's out of the logistical realm of like, you know, what makes sense and, and what the sound reasoning is on this. But if you're thinking about going to another team, like he's not even upset with like what's happening with the Packers. He's just kind of like, you know, the Packers have just had disappointing ends to their seasons and he's kind of to blame for that like part of the blame at least so so that's kind of my thing here and and it almost reminds me a little bit of the Kyler Murray situation that happened a couple weeks ago where it's like Kyler Murray you know you're right he gets rid of all the Cardinal stuff you know he's all upset he posts this thing on his you know he posts the the his like his notes app on Instagram and it's just like you know I'm done with all the nonsense and it's like so you're ta- so the nonsense you're talking about is when you deleted all the cardinal stuff from your page and, and disassociated yourself from the team. Oh, oh, that nonsense. So you're talking about you're done with the nonsense that you yourself created. And that's essentially kind of what this is coming down to, except I think that Aaron Rodgers has this planned out a little bit more and a little bit better and has, you know, thought thought ahead and planned, you know, what's going on here a little bit better than Kyler Murray did because now he looks like a fool. But anyway, yeah, I think it's just kind of interesting for people to see and, and and like Hayden said like he definitely is doing all of this on purpose just not telling anybody or you know when he has the chance to tell people he's just kind of just beating around the bush and not saying stuff just to keep the kind of keep the keep the word around um but yeah it, it, it's nothing nothing's gonna happen he's gonna he's gonna play for the Packers they're gonna be good again next year because they had you know the best team in the NFC this year they had the best they had the best record in the league this year and it's probably not gonna shit you so it's like they'll be fine. He's going to stay. They're going to re-sign it. Devonte Adams too, because that's his guy. Um, and again, they're going to make sure that he has what he needs and they're going to make sure to re-sign Devonte Adams if he wants them to, that's for sure. So, so right. So that's kind of my, my take on this is like, it's, it's, it's a bunch of news for no reason, but I understand the reason why people are getting weird about it. 
is simply just because Aaron Rodgers is weird about it. Now, he did say, I kind of read an article right before we actually started this, and it was essentially he wrote the he wrote the Instagram post, like that long and emotional thing, pair, whatever. Um, he wrote it because he, in his words, had just finished a 12-day cleanse and wanted to express his gratitude. Now, if that doesn't sound like the most like hippie BS weird thing ever, then I don't know where, you know, I don't know where you've been living, but that also just sounds exactly like an Aaron Rodgers thing to say. Um, in addition to like, you know, everybody listening to the Pat McAfee show, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? No news to report. You know, that's like, that's like a quote that he said. So, so same deal with all that is just, I think he's just, he just likes being, he just likes kind of having the attention on him and just likes playing with the media and just messing with people. At the end of the day, he's going to be back with the Packers. So is Devontae Adams. They're going to, you know, they're going to, they're going to run it back for at least the next, you know, I would hope in like three years, three or four years. Um, and then, and then hopefully, you know, kind of close the deal on this as they haven't been able to in the past, because right. He understands that the best chance he has to win a Super Bowl and, you know, basically just cement his legacy in the NFL is to stay with the Packers and just, you know, ride it out, do the best they can. And, and hopefully kind of, you know, convert all of this hype into a Super Bowl win. You're exactly right. And I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm going to take the same stance as you here and just say that he, yeah, he, he has no reason to go to another team because the Packers have given him so much success. He's not like he, at this point, the the decision here is take a risk and go somewhere else and you know go to a Denver team which where things might not work out obviously they've got Nathaniel Hackett when you know one of his best coach friends there now which that's kind of more incentive for him to go there and if he were to go anywhere it would be the Broncos I don't think anywhere else would he would really fit in as well but uh but yeah like the Packers dude He's 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 the Packers quarterback, and I think he's going to retire a Packer. I don't think he's going to go anywhere else because, again, that's that's not what he's like. He he just does this just to get us thinking and just to literally get us to do exactly what we're doing right now and talk about it on our podcast and make media sense out of it and everything like that. That's what he does. And he did this. He's done this so many times in the past. He did this last year. I, I had a friend, I think, that that's that told me like or, or that basically I had a friend text in a group chat. It was actually AZ, I'm pretty sure, who, who said it in a group chat. And he said it's I think he said something like it looks like Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be staying in Green Bay from whatever source. You know, he, he's probably going to be going somewhere else and taking Devontae Adams with him. I totally disagree with that because. <laughs> He he literally does this every time. Like it's it's not it's nothing new. It shouldn't be, you know, he's just playing with our minds. He can convince everybody as much as he wants to, but he's he's he never really goes through with it. Um, he convinced everybody that he had a broken toe this past season. He never had a broken toe. Let's be honest. Like, like that that was never a thing. He never showed really any signs of it. But he was able to say it and convince so many people that it was actually true. So that that's just the power that he has and the power that his voice has in the media, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't really see him going anywhere. My literally my only like, I guess, uh, conclusion to this, uh, this whole situation is the more confusing Aaron Rodgers gets, the more he looks like John Wick. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you kind of cheated on that because you got that from his Halloween costume, which was John Wick. So. No, I, dude, I promise I did not know that. That just happens to be coincidence. I promise I got that out of my own head. Wait, you never saw that? 
I I didn't know I <laughs> I didn't see it, but I can I I can I can see it now. Obviously, oh, but it actually I never was saw it on, sweet. Like it was actually kind of sweet. You should go yeah. look it up now because yeah, he has like the dog and everything with him. Um, <laughs> I can't. You had to because that's a weird. Okay, whatever. Dude, I believe. I mean, I believe. A, a guy with long brown hair who, I guess. I mean, he doesn't really look like him facially. Like he doesn't look like uh, what's his name? Keanu Reeves. Uh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Or Keanu Neal. No, Keanu Reeves. Keanu yeah. Reeves. Yes. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Keanu Neal is actually a linebacker for I think Atlanta or something, but or maybe hey. Dallas now. I think no, Dallas. Dallas. I think he is now. But yeah. All right. Well, you guys got some extra bonus content there. Hayden trying to figure out where where Keanu Neal plays. Um, that rounds out the NFL topic for or topics for today. We're moving on to NBA now. LeBron is leading the league in minutes per game. He's second in the league in shots per game, and he's third in the league in points per game. This guy's 37 years old. It's his 19th NBA season, and he's still doing everything for his teams. So the question here is, how sustainable is this model, not only for the Lakers' success, but also for the longevity of LeBron's career? Alrighty, well, I'm going to start out by saying, and I'm going to kind of keep this short at the beginning here, because I, I think it's kind of obvious the you know the answer to this question I think is is a little bit obvious, and I think that it's it's I'm going to say that it's not really sustainable, and it's kind of showing that it's not given their record this season and given kind of their, their struggles. A lot of people have put that on what Russell Westbrook, and I'm not saying that LeBron is bad. I'm not saying that like, he's the reason that they're losing games. I'm just saying that relying so much on a guy who's 37 years old. Yes. He can still do windmill dunks. And when he gets on a fast break, he can still fly through the air from practically the free throw line and, you know, throw a reverse dunk down. He can still do all that, but, he is getting old. He is probably getting a little bit tired. You know, the, the his body's kind of winding down here. He said that he wanted to play with Bronny. <laughs> like, I don't know. He said that a couple of days ago. He, want, he wants to go to whatever team that Bronny's drafted to, which I think the like the, the, the least amount of years that that will take by now, I think is three. Because Bronny's a junior in high school right now. So it'll be senior, then freshman year of high school, then his first year in the NBA. So like that at least is going to be th- three more years so he's going to be at least 40 basically when he's playing with Bronny, which is crazy and that might happen but the question here is like is it sustainable for the lakers and i don't think it is because like i said it's we've seen that the lakers haven't been the best team in the west this this season we've got powerhouses like you know the suns and, and the warriors and even kind of you know the grizzlies in there so like it's it's not sustainable for them. And I think that kind of just the, the, the blatant answer that I'm going to give is LeBron needs to kind of, he, he needs some help and it's not helping that Anthony Davis is hurt a lot. And Anthony Davis hasn't really done much this season. That's also something that I've, that I've heard from, from various friends is that like Anthony Davis is more of, is more of the problem than Russell Westbrook is. That's that's an, another thing to debate. That could be even like a future topic that we can talk about towards the end of the season when we kind of see more of what Anthony Davis has done after his injury, everything like that, and kind of when Russell Westbrook's played the, played out the rest of the season. That'll be an in- interesting topic to talk about as well. But yeah, I think as of now, we I, I've I've got to say that LeBron needs some help, and there needs to be somebody on the on the Lakers team that steps up and and helps him out because he needs it. Well, here's the thing. I think that I'm going to disagree with you on the Lakers situation, but 
I think that we're going to be, we're, we're kind of saying the same thing. I am arguing that LeBron playing like this is sustainable for the Lakers because if they didn't have him doing any of this, they wouldn't have a chance in the world. Yeah, They're still the true. nine seed. They're technically in the playoffs. They could actually make it. They'd have to probably do the play-in game or whatever. And again, this is all before, you know, Anthony Davis comes back, like Hayden said. But yeah, that's the that's the story here is that he's doing everything still, like always still, but for a team that he was not supposed to be doing everything for. He built this so that it would be basically self-sustaining. He could rest during the regular season, essentially, come back for the playoffs, do all the stuff that he normally does, you know, being LeBron. But it's been the exact opposite. And every, you know, every time he turns his head, another guy's going down. You know, it's, 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 it's a really old team to begin with. There's been some guys who have shown some hope. Malik Monk, right? Austin Reeves. These guys have stepped up and played, but like, these guys are role players and I would say even kind of subpar below role players on an NBA, you know, average NBA team. So like all you have is LeBron. Now in terms of his career longevity, obviously the answer to this is no, like if he keeps playing like this, you know, it, it's only going to shorten the amount of time that he, that he has to continue playing again. Hayden mentioned this too, you know, right. By the time Bronny gets in, which I, which he's right. That's like a significant uh, motivation. I think for LeBron is, is being able to play with his son. And by the time that happens, yes, he's going to be 40 years old, but it's like, if anyone's able to play and sustain this much kind of, you know, basically just playing this much, scoring this much, shooting this much, even into their forties, if, if there's anyone who would do it, it'd be LeBron. So that's kind of yeah. the, you know, the argument there is like, it'll probably be fine. But yeah, dude, at the end of the day, like it is really not working out at all like he envisioned. And so I kind of wanted to just real quick get kind of a a big picture scope of at least kind of what the Lakers have been through in the past, ever since LeBron got there. And then kind of since kind of he's well kind of through today, basically. So first year he was there, they missed the playoffs because, you know, they still had Brandon Ingram. They were they hadn't gotten Anthony Davis yet. They were working on that trade. They get that deal done. All right. And that was also the season that broke LeBron's like seven year uh, like streak of going to the NBA finals. Um, Didn't even make the playoffs that year. Next year, you get Anthony Davis. Voila, you win a championship. How about that? Right. But it's the NBA bubble. A lot of stuff's going on. They have the most talented team. They beat the Heat, who were the five seed that year. So, you know, you're not, it, it's, a lot of people are kind of saying, eh, right. But, hey, you know, for the sake of the argument, let's leave it as, as, a, as a well-deserved championship. And then you have last year, where they get the seven seed, they, you know, they, they played well to begin the season. LeBron gets hurt for kind of, I think that was like the longest injury of his career. It was like, he was out like the last like two months of the season. They get the seven seed, they play the Suns. And obviously the Suns were boat racing everybody and still are this season, you know, the Suns got to the finals. So like you lose to the best team, arguably in the West, um, you know, fine. You're the seven seed, right. That happens. Uh, they got, they got almost, they got swept though. They got, it was like four of one. The Suns beat them last year in the, in the playoffs. And then this year, like I said, you know, they're the ninth seed and they're basically, I'm assuming at this point, unless Anthony Davis comes back and shoots like he did in 2020 in the bubble, they're going to be, heading to a playoff play in game to make it into the playoffs. And then even if they do make it in the playoffs, they're probably going to be playing the Suns, right. Or someone, <laughs> you know, the Suns are the, or the, uh, or the Warriors uh, or even the jazz, you know, it's so like a team that was obviously better quality than the Lakers this, this, uh, this far. So that's kind of what I'm saying here is like, it just seems like whenever this sort of deal happens to LeBron where he gets to a place he 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 gets his Avengers around him he signs all the people he wants to he gets the coaching situation figured out 
it just kind of doesn't work. And then LeBron has to do all the work at the end of the day. And it's like, come on, man. Like, I'm just trying to, <laughs> and the only place that it worked out was Miami. And the funny thing is, this is like, this is way for the, I, I can't take credit for this, but like, I've heard this in a couple places too, but it's like spin zone, like alternate reality type stuff. If LeBron had stayed in Miami this entire time, think about that team, dude, because Pat Riley knows what he's doing. Clearly the, the heat, like it took a couple years off, but they got to the finals. They played the Lakers in the 2020 bubble championship. The heat are, you know, they're, I guess they're the, they're like the two seed now, one seed now, I think the, yeah, the two seed behind the Sixers still now they got a great team. Like imagine adding LeBron to that team. Now it would be a little bit weird. Kind of Jimmy Butler. They would probably have to, you know, they'd have to work that out, but like, dude, like that, I thought I heard that and I was like, that's crazy. Like, imagine if he had never gone to the Cavs and never gone to the Lakers, he just stayed with the Heat the, this entire time. Like, we wouldn't be talking about LeBron's finals record being like two and five or whatever it is. You know, we'd be talking about him as like, oh, wow. Like, you know, he's almost rivaling Michael Jordan for as many championships as he has. Like, what are we going to do now? So it's like, you know, I think there's a lot that that's just kind of a, a cool, a fun thought experiment to kind of, to kind of look at. But yeah, overall, like he's doing too much. and you can't blame him for it because what else is he going to do? And you kind of just feel bad for him at the end of the day. Cause it's like, he's doing all he can. It's still not resulting in what he wants to happen. And really everything that he's ever tried to do in terms of getting the people there and doing the best that he can to recruit people, get the coaching situation figured out again, he's doing a GM's job while he's on the, he's basically a player on the team. And so that's kind of a, a different story for a different day is like, if you're LeBron, you're an NBA player, you don't know how to run a team. And so you don't know what guys to sign and whatever. So if you're asking for all these players to be signed, it may not actually end up happening. So anyway, um, that's kind of the, that's kind of the, the end of this is like, it's, it's not really, it's not working out as he planned. And it's going to be interesting in the next few years uh, to kind of see like, if he's just going to stay with the Lakers and they're just going to be a middle of the pack team in the Western conference, I'd be fine with that because I'm not, you know, I'm not the hugest LeBron stand out there. Um, and I, and I want to see other people win, but it just is kind of a, you know, I think a kind of a big picture NBA storyline. That's just like, you know, it's just like looking at kind of his career, the teams that he's been on, he's really only won consistently with one team. And that was almost 10 years ago at this point. So there's really interesting stuff there. I think. If you guys are on social media of any kind, especially TikTok, because you guys probably see like Bronny's TikToks and you see the the comments, which are like renditions of LeBron's name. They're just because it, it's Bronny's his son. And so people will like say, I'm, I'm not going to say it on the podcast. It's not very appropriate, but like there, I saw this one on Instagram the other day and it was, everybody was in the comment. I think it was like him. I think it was, it was a picture of, I think it was ESPN that posted it and it was a picture of LeBron and it said that I think in the past in the past five years I, ever since they started doing this like whole draft thing for the all-star game I think team LeBron is five and oh like he's his team has won every time and then also he hit that game winning shot it, w- it was like quote-unquote game winning but it wasn't even really game winning because they were already up by one and he hit the two he hit the, like the fadeaway two so everybody's calling it a game winner and yeah I guess it was but it's like it wasn't really a game winner because they were already winning. So if they would have just played defense and played the game out that way and nobody scored, then they would have won anyway. I don't know, but it's, it's funny because under that post, everybody was commenting like le GM. You just put la in front of any kind of word that LeBron is. And then you just say that. And so I was like le GM. And then one kid, I think one kid commented like, hit the last shot in the in the in the all-star game or something like that it's like what it's like it's like you just put low in front of anything but yeah that, that's pretty funny all righty moving on to 
Olympics here. So we're just kind of kind of kind of going to do a wow kind of kind of kind of going to do a review of the olympics um coming to a close and kind of you know look at the the leaderboard for the medals see who came out on top which we're probably both not very not very happy about but um and then we're also going to get kind of discuss like what these olympics felt like to us you know like we've kind of discussed it here and there throughout the past couple weeks on on the podcast and we've mentioned some stuff here and there it's it's mostly been like funny stuff that we've seen because that's you know the olympics are are for that especially winter olympics when like it we're not really as good the united states isn't isn't really as good so we kind of can only make fun of our team rather than root for them so the medal counts norway as always just crushed everybody 10 more medals than germany who was in second norway they always do this too it's like it's not even the surprise at this point it's just every winter olympics they crush everybody because there's and they're it's such, such a small country too like their population is probably the size of like virginia but they they are so good at winter sports and they win so many medals every year so they came out with 37 total medals they also won the gold medal count with 16 and Germany had a close second in gold medals with 12, but they only had 27 total. So they, they Norway won the total medal count by 10 medals, which isn't crazy. Um, and then the United States actually came in third, um, two medals behind Germany, two total medals behind Germ- Germany. But we didn't get we came in fourth in, in gold medals, which was kind of sad to see. But yeah, like Norway had 16 gold medals and then 13 bronze medals and then eight silver medals it's, it's kind of a weird spread there but we were kind of even with eight gold medals um 10 silver medals and then and then seven bronze medals so we came in fourth in terms of gold medals that's how i'm looking at it right here but if you look at it in terms of total medals we came in came in third which actually isn't isn't that bad actually no we didn't even come in third we came in uh we came in fourth sorry in in total medals because Russia who got like no gold medals at all, got so many silver and, and bronze medals that they passed us in the total medal count. So I just said medal so many times, so many times right there. Goodness. Um, but yeah, so I guess kind of the, the, the thing to say here is like the United States isn't really good at the winter Olympics and we're much better at the summer Olympics where we usually win the most medals we did this past year at least and that's cool to see but i'm, I'm kind of sad because like now we we don't even have we don't even have olympics for the next really like four years like it, it usually we have usually it's the summer olympics come so they were the summer olympics were supposed to be in the summer of 2020 and then the winter olympics are like a year and a half or, or two years later whatever you want to call it. And then there it's like two years. It's like, it's like the year in between basically the, the summer Olympics. So like it would have been obviously summer of 2020 and then February of 2022. It's kind of like we, we get, we get Olympics like every year and a half to two years, but now it's going to be like three more years until we get the next summer Olympics, which kind of sucks, but it is what it is. So that is that um, in terms of like how it, how long it felt and, 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 did it go by fast? I think it went by pretty fast. I think it was just like, um, you know, it was kind of here and then it, and then it wasn't here, but it, it was, it was cool while it lasted. And again, I watched more of it than I thought I would watch, but I did, obviously didn't watch as much as I did the the summer Olympics, but I also think the summer Olympics are a little bit longer too. I think the summer Olympics go for like three weeks or maybe a little, a little bit more than three weeks, but these went for like two and a half. So 
yeah, that's that's just kind of my general thoughts on it, Matt. How do you feel? Yeah, I, I, I think kind of go back to the medal count. Yeah, it, it makes sense that Norway came in first. I think I was a little bit surprised by Germany. Again, I don't follow like the medal counts every year. So I don't, I don't, and I don't remember what the last one was in terms of kind of who had the most medals and stuff for the last winter Olympics. Um, but I think I was a little bit surprised by Germany. I just don't think of Germany as being, obviously I've, ever, I've also never been to Europe, so I have no idea. I just wouldn't think of Germany as being one of those like cold places where they have a bunch of like snow and you can do a lot of winter sports there. Um, but obviously they, you know, they, they kind of, they kind of showed through and that, that was good for them. I think, you know, kind of good to see. And then obviously, you know, kind of Russia or the Russian Olympic committee, um, you know, being, a, I think kind of the interesting, most interesting story there where like you, they had the third most medals, but they didn't represent a country. And it's kind of weird, but anyway, um, good for the athletes who, who did, uh, who did their best there. So, um, yeah, I think kind of, kind of to echo Hayden's statement, I, I, I didn't, I usually don't watch much of the winter Olympics. I watched more than I thought I would. I, I wasn't really into it as much. And, and I kind of made this argument on a, on an earlier podcast, essentially that we don't have a lot of these winter sports in the same way that a Normandy or Normandy, Norway and Germany have, because it, it, we, you know, our, our weather is hotter and, you know, that's just as like a lot of the sports that are in the summer Olympics, they're just kind of stuff that we know how to do that we're used to. Um, and so that's kind of why I, I think that, you know, obviously like, we also didn't really do well in the medal count, obviously still came in fourth, which is, which, you know, which is great. Um, but yeah, but I think that overall kind of, it just, it made sense based on, you know, based on what happened and who won the medals. And then also kind of, you know, had, as Hayden mentioned, kind of the competitor, the comparing it to the, uh, you know, the kind of the summer, uh, summer Olympics there too. So, yeah, I think that, and, and then just kind of go off of what Hayden said, the last, the last part of this in terms of how long they were and stuff, I'm pretty sure the summer Olympics are like at least a month long. Like I, I always remember seeing like the ads and it'll be like, it'll be like July 7th through August 7th. It's like, they always kind of have like a month long uh, period for it. Whereas, yeah, I, I, rem- I was kind of thinking about it. I'm like, okay, it's February 22nd, uh, you know, today. And then I'm like, wait, didn't this just start in like February, like seventh? Like I just, felt, I felt like it just went. And, and the other thing is too, like, I felt like they were also doing the closing ceremonies, like before some of the sports were even over or something. I don't know, maybe not, but, um, but yeah, I, I think that overall it was, it was, I think if I know next time that it's only two and a half weeks or, or however long it was, I'll probably want to watch more during that. Like I'll, I'll kind of have more of a focus kind of on that during that period. Um, I had literally just assumed that the winter Olympics were going to go for a month and that I just kind of be able to watch in incrementally kind of like more than I normally do. And it turns out that it's already over. And I'm like, I didn't even know that. So uh, yeah. So next time I'll try to watch more, but I think it was good just to kind of have that. Um, and as I had mentioned, the schedule was really messed up because of COVID. So, you know, again, I think kind of, you know, we should probably appreciate it a little bit more than we did just because we won't have an Olympics for a while. Um, you know, and especially like kind of like a, you know, in this weird kind of, you know, spacing time zone thing. Um, but, but yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely, you know, it was definitely, definitely fun to watch when we did watch it. I think that uh, kind of like what I said, you know, it, it was, it was, it was a good overall result, but I think that, you know, it probably next time, hopefully, you know, both of us can, can be a little bit more into it um, and just kind of, you know, just kind of have it on, even if it's having it on in the background, I did that a little bit, but then I'm like, well, there's also college basketball on. I want to see, you know, do yeah. so uh, yeah. Yeah, I was always conflicted on whether or not I should watch 
Olympics or college basketball, because as I had promised myself so many times on this very podcast, I was going to start watching college basketball, which I have started and I'm watching it basically nightly now with my roommate, which is, which is cool. But yeah, actually going back to the whole, when Matt mentioned February 22nd, and this made me think of it today is two 20, sorry, two twenty two twenty two, And the only like that, this happens basically once every year. I mean, sorry, not <laughs> this happens. Obviously it happens once every year. <laughs> it happens once every hundred years, actually. So like, that's, that's pretty cool. Cause I guess if you, if you think about like February 22nd, 1922, that happens there, but it's just, you know, well, the, the it's, it's cool happen, to see the twos happen every hundred years, but the like matching up of the numbers happens every 10 years. So like in 2011, we had like, one 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 right like one yeah, eleven yeah, eleven yeah yeah that's that's true yeah i guess you guess yeah exactly um so yeah every 10 years for that but but then after this after we won't have we really won't have that because then, then it gets into the threes and then it's like 33 so if you think about it it's like this is really special um so you guys should feel special today as we do Alrighty. Well, that about wraps up our episode. Matt, are you going to, are you going to do a betting lock or, or is that kind of over now that football is over? Yeah. I'm thinking it's probably going to be over. Cause again, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe I can, I probably should have planned something. Um, Cause I was going to say like, Oh, college basketball, but like I wanted to, it, I wanted to kind of give people a chance to listen to this throughout the week and not do like a college basketball betting lock of the week for like my, my lock of the week is on Wednesday night. And if you don't listen to it in like 18 hours, you're not going to yeah. get, so I think that I'll probably just, um, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going I'm I'm to workshop that and I'll, and I'll get back to, it. I've also thought about doing some golf stuff, but then I'm like, well, if I don't, if I don't hit a 40 to one, you know, bomb, I don't, I don't <laughs> think that's going to be, you know, it's going to be great. So, yeah. So, so definitely, definitely putting that on the back burners for now. Um, and, and obviously kind of once, you know, once March madness comes around and stuff, we'll have a lot of, we'll have a lot of stuff for that. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Really excited about that. Alrighty. Well, if you guys liked the episode, make sure to tell your friends and family about it. Always share, um, go to our, well, okay, we still haven't even made the Twitter, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, go to our. So I, I have it. I mentioned the TikTok back in, I don't know. I think it was, I think yeah, it was last episode, which I never did post a video to my TikTok or the first time rundown TikTok because I've been pretty busy the past few days. So I might get around to that pretty soon. Um, but yeah go to our TikTok, give it a follow, go, we, we don't even really have an Instagram. We just have Twitter and TikTok, honestly, right now. Um, but yeah, go give those some follows and share with your friends, like I said. And we will be back on Saturday. That seems so far away right now. I've got a lot of stuff coming up here. But uh, but yeah, excited for Saturday where, where we will get to talk about definitely some more college basketball. Um, maybe some more NFL stuff will come out like kind of from now until then. Some free agency stuff we can talk about. I saw some like Bleacher Report articles today about some free agency stuff, and it's starting to starting to get around to that time now that the Super Bowl is over and everybody's kind of settled that settled down from uh, from the postseason play or whatever. So yeah, free agency is starting to kind of like get into people's minds. I think the free agency starts. I think the fifteenth again this year. I think it was the fifteenth last year too. So, uh, so right around March Madness time is when free agency starts. So we'll, we'll be able to talk about, talk about some NFL, um, coming up here pretty soon. 
So that'll be fun as well. But yeah, thank you guys for listening and we will catch you guys on Saturday.